0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Jesus is Dope podcast. I got a flight to catch and one shot at doing this, but I'm excited because I wanted to try uh, a few things this week, including doing some video around this, which also means because I speak with my hands, people are going to make fun of them. Uh, But if you're on the podcast, you don't even have to listen to that. Um, But uh, welcome everyone to the Jesus is Dope podcast. I I put a picture up here. Um, I had some friends reprimand me this week. They're like, Hey, I, I heard you have a podcast. And I was like, yeah. And they're like, well, why didn't you tell me about it? And I was like, uh, it, I don't know, Seems self-promoting or I don't know. Uh, sorry. And they were like, man, I want to know what God's doing. And I said, Hey, how about this then? Since I purposely don't have social media in my life other than LinkedIn, you promote it for me. And again, sorry, I didn't tell you, but, uh, I'm glad you're hanging out. We're going to jump into this great verse from jesus as we continue talking about the beatitudes. so we are in matthew chapter five verse four and here's what jesus said blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted and i think we can all admit that doesn't make any sense right (laughs) like we've all had a lot of loss in our life uh we've all had a lot of things that uh are painful or difficult. And, you know, I don't know the details of your story. I just know in mine, there's been plenty of things that I mourn in life. I don't like them. And I, I for sure don't associate them with the word blessed. I don't know about you, Uh, but it, at some point in all of our lives, we, we go through this. And then as we're trying to figure out our faith with God, we all wrestle with like, okay, but God, why this? Why? Where were you on that? And what Jesus is doing, you know, last week we read verse three, which is blessed are the poor of spirit, like who recognize their spiritual need of God. And now here he's saying, blessed are those who mourn, they'll be comforted. It's like he's trying to flip everything upside down in our life. And the way we perceive what's right and true is not not always not not fully the story, and so he keeps kind of flipping our idea of blessing upside down by saying things like, "Blessed are the poor of spirit," or "Blessed are the," are those who mourn, and and so if last week I think we could all agree it was kind of counterintuitive. That's a counterintuitive statement uh, that there's blessing in ways that we don't see it right? If you and I were writing this, if we were the ones teaching it, if if we were really honest with what we want to be true in this world, we'd say blessed are the rich. Blessed are those who are self-sufficient. Blessed are the self-reliant. Blessed are those who help themselves. And Jesus is like, no, 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 no. It's counterintuitive. Following me is counterintuitive to what comes natural to you and I and what we think. He's like, no, no blessing comes in your life when you realize that you can't help yourself that you can't heal all the things you can't fix it you can't quit it you can't mend it you can't redeem it you can't put all the pieces of your life back together but i can that's what jesus is saying to us that he can and that there's blessing in our life for me for you when when we recognize that god i need your help when those moments when we create room for god's blessing in our life. And so Jesus is blessed are the poor in spirit, counterintuitive. And then um, when he says blessed are those who mourn, I think we could all agree that's contradictory. Like it doesn't really make any sense. And if you've been around church world at all, um, we like to use the word paradoxes because uh, it sounds like, oh, it's just a paradox, but it's really a way of just saying, we don't understand this this is part of our invitation to live by faith in the unseen, in the mystery of God, and to begin to follow him um, and, and and trust his way more than our own way. and so it will feel contradictory. Blessed are those who mourn. It's like it sounds like you're saying blessed um, are those who are sad. happy. Are the unhappy. Happy are the sad in life. That's what it sounds like Jesus is saying. And, and and maybe that's part of the invitation is you and I to go, well, is that true? Or to what extent do we think that's true? That there can be blessing in the grief. What do you think? And part of what Jesus is doing here is, is referencing back to um, an idea that's all throughout the scriptures. I'll show you one from Jesus's Bible, more commonly known as the Old Testament, from uh, the book of Proverbs, this ancient wisdom. In Proverbs 14, 12, it said this, there is a way that seems right to a man or a woman, but in the end, it leads to death. There is a way that you and I think makes sense how we want life to go, but it doesn't lead us towards the source of our life, but away from him. It doesn't lead us towards a God who's love and has got the best in mind for us, and and can use anything, it leads us away from him. And so that's that's what Jesus. I mean, he's kind of pulling that into context to help us really understand. If you're going to follow me, understand that that blessed are the poor in spirit. When you recognize your need for me, you'll have the kingdom. Blessed are you even in the grief and the mourning of your life? Because I'm I'm near to you. And you know, the Bible shows us a ton of different ways that this kind of plays out in people's lives and circumstances. And one of the ways when, when scripture refers to mourning and grief, it's, it's tragedy. It's the inevitable pain and loss of jobs and relationships, um, those things that, that arise in all of our lives. And so when when Jesus is saying, um, blessed are, the, are those who mourn, for they will be comforted, It's like Jesus is saying, blessed is the widow who is left with four young children to take care of by herself. Like, "Mm, I don't think so. (laughs) Blessed is the alcoholic in recovery whose wife has left him, or blessed is the wife whose husband has left her for a younger woman. I mean, that doesn't sound like a blessing, does it? (laughs) I don't think it does. Blessed, Blessed is the person who's lost their job and home is in foreclosure. Blesses the child with a disability that makes them feel different than everyone else. And it seems kind of like that's what Jesus is saying. And you and I have to decide, do we believe that or or how might that be true? And when When we read Jesus' teaching, he's always inviting us outside of ourselves and outside of this physical world where our logic and reason, which is a gift from God, um but it, but no matter how smart we get, we never feel whole inside. And so he's inviting us to understanding and seeing the world in a different way through a lens of who he is. And that even though we want him to say, blessed are those who have good health and never have any health problems, he doesn't. Or, or blessed are those who who never have lost anyone or anything important to them. That's what we want. Blessed are, am I? That's God. Can you just bless me and make all my dreams come true? It's what I want. And yet in this world where we have chosen to, to separate ourselves from God and, and to live by our own authority, like to make ourselves the king, it's just full of brokenness. Jesus is saying, no, no, no. I can be there even in the grief and the pain and show you blessing and comfort. In fact, maybe one of the ways to say this or think about this in my life is Jesus is saying, there's a A certain kind of blessing that only comes through the tears that we shed in this life. Because it's like we can relate to God in a different way than we ever have. And most of us, let's admit, in the midst of loss and confusion, I want to push God away. And Jesus is like, no, 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 no. If you allow me, I'll draw near to you. I'll comfort you in those moments. I'll show you something that you couldn't see any other way. Now, this is played out really powerfully in the Old Testament by a guy named Job kind of a famous story, very long story, and really confusing and a paradox, um, because it just seems unfair and jacked up, and there's much that could be said about it. but, But in the beginning part where he's lost everything, his own wife says, curse God and die. She's like, I'm giving up. And Job hangs in there, but he is frustrated with God. He's disappointed. He's confused. And he asks God a lot of questions, and he He wrestles with God on this. And when you get more towards like the end of the story in chapter 42, listen to this, I don't know, contradictory thing that he says. He says, my ears had heard of you, but now my eyes have seen you. It's like, I knew things about you, God, but through this tragedy and grief and pain, I know you in a different way. I know you in a deeper way. That in the midst of of the pain and the suffering and the tears, I've I've found more of you, not less of you. And that doesn't sit well with us. And I don't think it's supposed to. We're made in God's image and given dominion to create and do great things in this world. And we are made for the wholeness of relationship with God. And yet we also experience the brokenness and the absence of God and the insecurity of God. And, and so Jesus is saying in those spaces created by our loss, I can fill those with my presence and my comfort for you. There's a blessing. And that even though we'll experience loss, that's inevitable. As we follow Jesus, he's inviting us to try to trust that our pain is never wasted and that there's a blessing, a profound blessing that can only be found through tears. There's um, a, a modern day uh, theologian I love. I think he works for Princeton or something. He's super smart. His name is Miroslav Volf. And he is um, he's really brilliant. A couple of years ago, I was listening to a sermon of his and he was uh, teaching a sermon on the entire book of Job, which again, is long. And, uh, and then here's how he summarized. He said, you know what the book of Job is about? The book of Job is about how you either love God for nothing or you don't love him at all. Let that sit with you for a minute, because if I'm honest, I don't really know what that means. But I want to. Because the truth is I love God for something, something I need, something I want. And yet many times the reason that we give for why we love God or even each other in themselves are like, unloving statements think like, um, like anti-love, like think, uh, if I said, I love you because you're smart, uh, well, what if you get dementia? Do I still love you? Well, yeah. So because you're smart was like something I could think to tell the story of why, but at the end of the day, I love you because I choose to be committed. And now applying that to God again, I don't feel like I understand it, but I've been wrestling with just that phrase. How do I love God for nothing? Not what I want, not what I expect. <laughs> Here's a a different translation from the Message translation. We'll go back to Jesus's words here, Matthew five verse four. Here's a different way of, of hearing this. Jesus is saying you're blessed when you feel you've lost what is most dear to you. Only then can you embrace, uh, be embraced by the one most dear to you. Like not, I don't think God creates these tragedies in our life um, just so that we can learn to love Him more or realize we're loved by Him. Um, we live just in a broken world and there's lots of ways to talk about that. But but hearing what Jesus is saying and what this message translation, like this kind of different angle to hear it said, there's something about our our deepest, like most broken moments where we can relate to Jesus in a way that we haven't previously. In his suffering, that we come to understand him more. But we also, more importantly, realize we can be embraced by him. That, that the things we hold most dear to actually can be a distraction from God and our dependency on him. that that's, that's what I hear him saying. And so for you and I as modern day people in our pursuit of happiness and liberties and freedoms and comfort and convenience, we're invited to, um, well, just to see God in a different way. Uh, here's a, another way to kind of illustrate this. There's this book written called A Grace Disguised, like a blessing hidden. Sounds very beatitude, doesn't it? Um, and, and the story, Jerry, who wrote it, um, he was driving in a minivan one day with his mom in the car, his wife in the car, and his daughter. And they got in a really bad car accident. And he is the only one who lived. Hard to imagine that kind of pain and and confusion. But through the mourning and the grieving process that he went through. He wrote this book called A A Grace Disguised. And just here's a little bit um, of what was written about the book. It says, A grace disguised plumbs into the depths of sorrow, whether due to illness, divorce, or the loss of someone we love. In coming to the end of ourselves, we can come to the beginning of a new life, one marked by spiritual depth, joy, compassion, and a deeper appreciation of simple blessings. So, one of the questions for you to ask today i think is what's a current pain in your life what is something you are grieving the loss of that jesus might be inviting you to find him and his comfort in that and learn to see that there can be a blessing in the morning in the grief and the sorrow a grace disguised now there's one other thing though about this that's really important because um, when we hear that word mourning, grief, sorrow, we we jump right to thinking about tragedy and pain in life, and that's um, that's fair. But what Jesus is really doing in the Beatitudes, uh, right? We're only two verses in, but what He talked about poor of spirit, what He's talking about now, what He'll keep talking about, is our own spiritual poverty. And so He's He He is talking about grief in the way we immediately think. That also counts. But there's more to it. And um here's here's the way we'll I'll say it is that Jesus is speaking of mourning the sin in my life and in the world around me. Sin, very churchy word, sin's just all those moments when we're outside of the way God designed us and intended us to live. It happens a lot, and there are tons of verses and this kind of theme throughout the scriptures that the blessing of God and the brokenness of our heart are connected. And the more you and I grow to learn our need of God and learn to mourn and grieve the sin in our life, where we're not just apologizing to God, but we're recognizing that that there's just this need to like really grieve our brokenness, the ways we aren't perfect. And too often in our culture, we kind of laugh more about the sin of this world in ourselves and we throw it off. And uh, I'll give you this one other verse in Second Corinthians. The Apostle Paul is speaking to this and he says, for you became sorrowful as God intended. And so we're not harmed in any way by us. Now, he's speaking about the first letter of Corinthians and he was harsh with them. But what he's saying is, I'm so glad that you didn't just say like, oh, sorry, but that it led to this kind of mourning, this sorrowful grief and some tears that that brought about a change in you, repentance, like turning um, away from like your own desires towards those of God. And this, I mean, this is all throughout the scriptures for you and I, you can find it all over the place is this very strong message. In fact, go in the Old Testament, read all of Psalms 32. That is David lamenting. Not just his affair with Bathsheba, not just arranging the murder of her husband, but that he sinned against God in that process. And so often we apologize to the person, and, and we don't always get to this place of real confession of I I wrong, like taking full ownership of how we have wronged others and want to change. And God, we wronged you because every person we hurt, that's God's child. So we owe him a, a different, not, not an apology, but a confession, this kind of inner change and and I don't know, um, sometimes just confession voluntarily seems more like self-sabotage. like <laughs> we'd rather just ask for forgiveness than ask for permission, and we treat God that way. But this there's a practice of confession that is this important deep work you and I should be doing with God every day of oh God. Help me mourn my sin and brokenness. God, before I jump to asking you for forgiveness and saying sorry, Help me shed some tears. Help me connect with the brokenness in this. And uh, I, I love this from William Barclay's um, commentary on this verse, Matthew chapter five, verse four. He says, "Look, the Greek word for mourn used here is the strongest word for mourning in the Greek language. Think about that for a second. It's the strongest. Like Jesus used this very strong word to." to push this kind of, I don't know, concept on us. And uh, William Barclay goes on, he says, it's defined as as a kind of grief that takes such a hold of a person that it cannot be hid. It's not only the sorrow for which brings an ache to the heart, it is the sorrow or mourning that brings the unrestrainable tears of the eyes. And so I think that's the other question for you. Where are you, or maybe where should you be crying. Where, where should you have some more tears in your life for who Jesus is and what he's done? And, and I don't mean it like we should just force ourselves to cry. That's not what I'm talking about. Maybe I'll say it this way. When's the last time that you shed a tear for your sin? You and I, in imperfection, our sins... They they haven't just separated us from God. They're, They're the reason he left heaven to become a person so we could know him by name and talk to him and watch his life and model our life after it. But when was the last time I, right? And this isn't about other people. It's about me. It's about you. But when was the last time I cried for my sins, my sins that led Jesus to set aside the privilege of heaven and live here and be rejected and ultimately killed because people hated what he had to say. Not often enough. So look, I don't know where you're needing to grieve and mourn, but Jesus is inviting you and I to see our sorrow in a different way. So I hope this week you'll find ways to practice confession with God. Practice inviting God's presence into the pain of your life. And find ways to be like Jesus to other people. Just practicing loving other people who aren't super lovable is one of the best ways to grow, and understanding who Jesus is and what He came to offer us. And so, with that, uh, I hope you have a an awesome freaking week. Want to invite you to promote this podcast yourself, share it with other people, um, stay connected. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter. Um, uh, a volunteer for this podcast um, is running that for us, which is super cool. And we'll have our first Q and A session for all those who are uh, su- supporters um in um two weeks, I think. So uh hope you stay tuned and stay connected and subscribe over on um uh Substack and consider even supporting it or or uh subscribing on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Take care.